Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Asher. I'm Tobias, and back again with UC. What's up? Good morning, Tobias. Um, my youngest son turns six in a couple of months this year. Uh, my two oldest boys are 15 and 13. So it's been a few years since I've needed to teach any of my kids some essential Finnish activities and, and lessons on those activities. So this week, it is ice skating for the almost six-year-old. And when I was a kid, I, I think I was a pretty gr great ice skater. Uh, we had a skating rink close to our school, and we had an outdoor skating rink close to my childhood home. So I was there each afternoon from December to end of March. Uh, so I bought new skates a couple of years ago. And and this this week we went to the ice skating rink. So so we've been there with the with the youngest one a couple of times, but he really doesn't like it. And I figured, well, let's just force him to like it in in in, in a good way. And I'm putting on my skates, I wobble on the ice a bit, and I'm like, well, it comes back. It's been a couple of years since I really skated the last time. The muscle memory is gone. But you have this mental image that oh, I was really good with this, so I should still be good with this, even though I haven't practiced at all on this. So it's been an interesting uh, experience, sort of refreshing the knowledge on something that you think I know fairly well. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't I haven't done that for some time, and it's not time quite yet because my reflection is that I I really love my kind of work life balance and always had a good way of shutting down when the workday is over. So now I'm reflecting over this past summer, obviously you were going on ice skating and I'm thinking about the summer. It's been kind of nothing short of, of amazing. So there's been a lot of fun, but also challenging things uh, achieved at work, uh, which is awesome. But at the same time, I had the best summer with the family, spending many days on the beach and generally outdoors and in the woods. And now it seems the autumn came, uh, you know, just into the doorstep. And I'm looking forward to enjoying some time now by the fireplace, doing fun things indoors with the kids and family and generally just enjoying life. Maybe we'll go ice skating, but that's going to take quite a few months still here in Sweden. And uh, the best part is uh, that we can now tinker indoors with the yet to be purchased Robo vacuum cleaner. So I will put those googly eyes on it so it looks funny when it moves around. We did that with the lawnmower when we had this kind of robot thing. And the kids loved it. So welcome, Autumn. I welcome you with open arms. We're going to have a lot of fun. Sounds awesome. Um, a couple of community highlights. There's a really useful weekly newsletter from Meryl Fernando. He works for Microsoft. And this is focused on Microsoft Entra. So the link for the newsletter, we'll put that in the show notes. Go and give it a subscribe because each week you get a nice condensed uh, newsletter with, with all the related and latest and greatest news on everything around Microsoft Entra. Toby, did you find anything from the community we'd like to highlight? Yeah, so I, I found one thing that looks interesting. I haven't uh, taken a, a too deep look at it, but it's from Aaron Powell, who's writing about generative AI and .NET, and that's an article series. Um, there's a few basic examples of how to write some code snippets with generative AI and Azure Open AI. So uh, just using the SDKs in .NET. Uh, so I, I found that interesting. If you're working in this field, if you want to dabble a little bit with generative AI and .NET and, and see how that works together and how you can uh, you know, make requests and, and get data back and things like that, uh, that might be an interesting one. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. 
looks interesting. I need to give it a read as well. So today's episode is reflections on relevant skills to work with security in Azure. And, and I think we both have this sort of a mindset how we're approaching today's episode. For me, personally, I've been delivering a couple of lectures after the summer and a couple of talks to people who might be entering the workforce. So they're young enough, they're mostly done with their studies, or they're people who are converting to IT-related work, or they're converting more for Microsoft technologies from something else. And, and having these hallway discussions, uh, emails back and forth with people on this, that gave me the idea to maybe reflect a bit on this episode on what skills are relevant if you want to work in Azure security today. And I feel it's not about knowing exactly about some specific Azure capability, like can you recite by heart all the capabilities of Entro ID conditional access? Nobody cares, but it's more about the big picture, I feel. So we'll we'll work through the different aspects, the, the, the technical bits, the, the soft skills, the skill set specificities, the certifications, all of those during this episode. So that sort of is my viewpoint. And Toby, mm -hmm. are you sharing these? Did you have a different angle here? Yeah, so I, I think that's uh, those are all good things. And like you mentioned, we, we both have a lot of reflections on this and uh, we've both worked quite a bit with security also security on azure um so i think it's a it's a fun episode to think about so kind of my initial reflections here is always to take a step back um and and just ask yourself what's your angle here why do you want to work in security is it because you have experience already in security and you want to work with azure specifically or do you work with azure already uh, generally and now you want to get into security and also what types of roles are you looking for? So as an example, I've worked with security workloads and assets on the operational side, making sure that things are designed and running securely. And I think many are looking for that, which is like setting up the perimeter uh, security networks uh, using Defender for Cloud and Sentinel, all these things. Uh, but I also work a lot with security on the decision maker side. So ensuring we comply with regulatory compliance requirements, that we design our platforms and workloads correctly according to data regulations, local and international laws and things like that. So the angles to security, there are many. Uh, and I think that's the kind of first question you need to ask yourself. What do I want to do specifically when working with security? So before just diving in and saying, hey, to work with security, you need to do X. Uh, you need to figure out, do you want to work in the C-level? Do you want to work on uh, you know, a head of security type of role? Do you want to work as a security engineer? Because the requirements will differ. Uh, but I'd say the the kind of general experience that goes across all of them is an understanding of the threat landscape, an understanding of security in general, also understanding of the platform you're operating on, which in this case would be Azure. So that's kind of my general um, reflection. Just take a step back and ask yourself, where do you want to be in security in a couple of years? Because that's you need to have that goal kind of visualized in your mind and then try and figure out how do I get there? So you actually target the right things. I, I like this thinking, and it's not as if there's a single truth that this is exactly how you want to approach whatever role or responsibility or task or project with which relates to Azure security. It's it's more about finding a path that you're happy with 
that keeps you employed at the same time, but that also gives you enough challenge that you can advance and learn more. So perhaps we start with the general sort of the top level, high level experiences. And I'm approaching this topic sort of from maybe two sides. One, I work a lot with customers as an architect, as a security consultant, uh, trying to fix things or troubleshooting issues or coming up with new designs and, and guiding and helping companies in achieving those. But the other side I'm approaching this is that I run a couple of companies. So when I look at the demand on the market, what customers, what companies are maybe requesting and asking and hoping to purchase, that also reflects here a little bit. So let me let me open the topic a bit. Um, what I feel is sort of the core skill and 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 this sort of internalized attitude that I feel everybody should have, especially those working on security on Azure, be it as a consultant, as an architect, as a researcher, or anything in between, is having a solid understanding of the big picture of everything in Azure. And when I say big picture, I do not mean that you have to memorize by heart my favorite service, which is deprecated now, Azure Farmbeats. No, no. It's not about knowing all the 200 or so services by heart. It's about understanding where Azure shines, what are the limitations, how do you build stuff outside Azure as well, how do you design architectures, and perhaps the best place to get started on this one is to at least skim through the well-architected framework and the cloud adoption framework. Not memorizing all of that, but sort of digesting everything that's in there and internalizing the mindset on how do we approach architectures. Yeah, I, I think that, that makes sense. Um, and I, I think also like a basic understanding of security protocols will help you. Uh, understanding how firewalls work, what the purpose is, which I think most people know, but also how, how do they work and how do you set up the different routing and things like that? VPNs, how do you use them? Why do you use them? When do you use them? Data encryption, uh, when do you need to use it? When is it mandatory? When is it an option? When should you not use it? Uh, TCP IP in general, HTTPS, SSL, certificates, AKI, you know, these kind of things. Um, so again, you don't need to be an expert on all of these things to get started working on security, but you need to have an understanding of what they are and how they play a bigger part. But again, it de depends, just like you said as well, are you going to be a security researcher? Well, then you probably need to understand all of those. If you want to be a, you know, a threat hunter, you might not need to understand all of those because you might have the tools at your hand to do threat hunting, like Microsoft Sentinel. Uh, and then you might not need to know intricate details of everything if you get the signals from sentinel so it's it's also about what your ang what your angle is but the more the merrier and i think understanding security protocol that's just a basic kind of thing you need to understand uh, whatever role you have so even if you're on a decision maker you need to understand what these things are and how they work but you might not need to stay up to date with the absolutely latest capabilities of each firewall for each service in azure um because there will be people who do that if you're on the decision maker side. So just coming back to my first reflection, just make sure you know what your goal is. What is it that you want to target? What do you want to work with? 
because security is an open field. There's a ton of things and you cannot learn it all. So you have to know kind of what angle you want to go for. One aspect here that I'm reflecting at the same time is that when some of these protocols like HTTP and eventually before that TCP IP and then HTTPS, when they became more prominent, more widely used, I think in the early 90s for, for a lot of people working in IT at the time, how I approach those at the time, I would seek out the RFCs, the, the standard documents describing how HTTP works. I read all of that and I figured, well, I know everything about this now, so I'm, I'm set for life. And in a way, yeah, maybe at the time, but the cloud, especially Azure, it abstracts a lot of things for you. So it's crucial to understand how and why things work like they do, and then being able to map those to the capabilities on Azure, because there's a level of abstraction on a lot of things, and you might not get to certain things at a protocol level. But once you get to the protocol level, it's crucial to have this sort of an attitude. Yes, I do not understand this end to end, but I am capable of quickly learning and ramping up on this for this, this specific need. Um, on scripting languages, and this is probably a topic we could have a separate episode, 10, 15 years ago, PowerShell, everybody said, just learn PowerShell and you're set. But I'm today more on the mindset of, I don't really care about PowerShell. Yes, I can do PowerShell scripts. I can run commandless. I can pipe them together and I can manage but I'm not really spending any time in building custom PowerShell related thingies. Azure CLI, yes, super useful, but to me that's Linux shell scripting with a couple of custom commands. So I feel Linux shell scripting helps you everywhere. Python, yeah, definitely, especially if you work more on research or generative AI, which relates to maybe security in some aspects, super useful. But I wouldn't say that you have to know Python. I really don't work with Python at all. I can sort of read it, but whenever I need something done, I go to Linux shell scripting, PowerShell, C Sharp myself. And only if, if none of those are, are an option, I might look at Python myself. Yeah, that makes sense. And and again, coming back to, um, to the initial reflection again, and I'm going to do that throughout the entire episode, if you want to work with incident response and threat management and, and you're kind of in charge of or part of a team that work with operational security, then incident response is going to be something to learn. Um, it's going to be great if you have experience in identifying and managing security incidents. If you don't, that's something to look into. Uh, but also related to that, depending on kind of where you want to work, audit and compliance, which I love, uh, something that you might want to get familiar with. So you can do security audits, compliance requirements can be followed up, and that you start to understand standards like GDPR, HIPAA, uh, ISO 27001, uh, SOC 2, Type 2, how to achieve a, accreditation for that. These are kind of things that fall in line with um, data privacy and security as well. Um, so again, depending on what altitude you want to work with, uh, all of these things might might help you along the way. So it, it's, again, an open play field. There's a lot of stuff to learn in security. Um, so I always come back to that question. What's your angle here? What do you want to do in security? Uh, so always keep that in mind as you go through these things. And I also feel that 
you have to have this mindset. What do I want to work in security? But at the same time, you have to have your finger on the market demand. What are companies? What do companies need? What do they want to buy? What's the fit? What's the market fit for you personally through your job or through your company as well? Because far too often I am seeing somebody saying, yes, I want to focus on X. I want to be the best person doing PowerShell. Great. What's the demand for that? There is demand, but it might not be something that grows in the future. So perhaps have a second plan there as well. Uh, let's talk a bit about skill sets, uh, a, a bit more specifically on Azure security skill sets. And perhaps with, with the cloud, not just related to security, but with the cloud, it's it's often far too easy to go for the shiny new thing. Like now, yes, generative AI, so OpenAI, JetGPT, uh, Azure OpenAI. I want to work on those. Great. Maybe next year it's going to be something else, so don't just put all of your eggs in the same basket. But for Azure security, the tools that I'm expecting, people in my team who work with customers on security, I'm expecting everybody to know enough about Defender for Cloud. I'm expecting everybody to know enough about Entra ID, meaning Azure AD, and it has a lot of capabilities. So you don't have to know everything about all of these, but you have to have a solid understanding of the capabilities, the limitations, the licensing, the features, how do I deploy this? And you have to have the hands-on experience, not just the sort of PowerPoint understanding that, yes, we should use conditional access, because my next question is going to be, alrighty, so can you design those policies, test them in a lab? You have to have a lab yourself, test them at, at, with, with the customer, test them with a pilot group, and then enroll that into production. And if you go, well, I have no idea how to do that. I've read about this. I know about this, but I have no idea how to apply this. It's not much use. So you have to have this mindset of knowing the theory, knowing the sort of the aspects and the philosophy of this, but then also having the capability of deploying this in practice. Yeah, I think these are kind of good reflections. And um, yeah, I, I don't think I have a lot to add to that. Um, it's just like, be smart. And again, what you started with, Azure OpenAI might be the big thing now, it might be something else next year, specifically with generative AI, that's a game changer, uh, which we know. Um, and with security, it's like if you learn the basics of security and how security works and how data laws work and how regulations work and you know how it all fits together, that's going to be a long-term um, kind of experience you can have um, in a security relevant job for a long time. And security is, you know, people are looking for security experts every day. Um, so I think uh, it's it's good to, to take time and reflect. So, um, like looking at the entry barriers, if you will, for working with security. So imagine we kind of figure it out. I want to do this. I want to do that within security. Where do you like? What's the entry barrier? How do you get into that? Um, you know, who who can work with Azure Security if we take Azure specifically? I've I've joked about this a couple of times, and and perhaps there's there's an inkling of truth here in the joke as well, that I've always felt that anybody can work in IT, anybody can work in Azure, and anybody can work in Azure security. You don't have to ask for somebody's permission that can I graduate from an IT pro focusing on 
Active Directory and Windows servers and VMs and and network setups. Can I graduate from that to work on security? Yes, yes, you can. You don't have to ask anybody for a permission that can I do this now, but you have to put in the effort to learn enough. And and I want to underline again the importance of having your lab environment. And when I say a lab environment, I don't mean that you need to go and spend thousands of euros on a, on a, on a custom rack mounted hardware and everything needs to be tipped up. No, no, no. What I'm often seeing people, world-class people building their labs with is a small PC, like an Intel Nuke. It's discontinued now, but something similar. Low power, enough per performance that can do virtualization. So that you can set up any sort of a setup and join that with, with, with the test Azure subscription and then start building on stuff. You can do device management. You can do anything with Sentinel and anything with Defender for Cloud, anything with, with reliability and, and recovery, meaning backups and restoration and everything in there. You can do all of that with a local nice little PC. You don't really need anything else. So anybody can work in Azure security. And, and if I look at, at the greatest people I get to work with, all of them are awesome to work with, meaning that they bring on the table solutions and possibilities and not just problems. They're reliable. So, so when, we, when we meet with a customer, maybe, maybe with a colleague of mine, and a problem arises, like, okay, so we have this problem, then you need to have the soft skill to say, okay, let me take a look at this. And then you come back a day or two later with a solution or a proposal how to work on this. So I feel to be successful in Azure security, you need to be more of a generalist, which doesn't translate to knowing a little bit about everything. It translates to having a solid foundation on all of those capabilities that we talked about, Defender for Cloud and Tri-D and so on and so on, but then having a wide understanding what's happening around Azure in AWS and Google Cloud and so on, and then being able to dive deep into bits that interest you, that you're capable to work with, and openly admitting that, well, yeah, AWS, maybe not my thing, but I know somebody who can work on this one, so let's pull him in or her in. And, and have them help out with this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And entry barriers that I also come across uh, working in, in security is like educational requirements or experience. So coming back to the lab there, if you have a lab, if you do a lot of things and you can show that you have experience, that's going to help. But also if you studied something specifically on the university or whatever for security uh, or and just uh, uh, you know computer science in general, that's going to, of course, help. Um, but it's not a necessity, right? Companies today, they're not just looking at, hey, did you get a curriculum from here? And what does it look like? Did you get your diploma after four or five years in the university? Uh, that might help, but that's not what my experience tells me today that people are looking for. They're looking for people who are dedicated, people who are problem solvers, people who can, just like you said, let's take a look at the problem, let's figure it out, and let's propose a solution. Uh, that's something that doesn't come with a diploma. Right. This is something that is a mindset. So I agree with you there. Uh, have the right mindset. Be a problem solver. Be a team player. Uh, be pragmatic. 
and figure things out. And, and that's going to be a huge benefit in working in this field. Um, so like ramping up on things, uh, I know we've talked about certifications and training material and things like that in the past. What are the, uh, like imagine now we decided, yes, I want to do security on Azure, whatever angle I want to do. Where do I get started? Imagine I'm already working on something in the field, so I'm not in high school or university right now. I'm not doing studies. I'm not going to select my program, what I'm going to study at this point, because I think most people tuning into this podcast as well are already working on some aspect in Azure or want to work on some aspect in Azure. So you're already a professional and you want to target something else, in this case, that security. What are good resources kind of to get started? How do you, what's your kind of recommendation here? So I, I know we've we've mentioned this a couple of times, Microsoft Learn. And, and when we say Microsoft Learn, we mean, we mean two things. Microsoft Docs, so meaning all of the documentation and white papers and eBooks and whatever. And then Microsoft Learn, the learning platform. And let me give a quick example. I had somebody working a project with me and the project sort of switched focus from whatever we were working on more to Microsoft Fabric. And I don't really know Fabric that intimately. I know bits and pieces. So I said to this person that, yeah, maybe now is the time to pause and spend a bit of time learning about the basics of Fabric so that you can come back to this project and, and be an asset here. And the person goes, okay, so, so how do I learn that? And I go to learn.microsoft.com, search for Fabric, and there's a nine hour, 30 minute training available for free, which starts from the very basics, goes to fairly deep end, but it gives you an overview of the capabilities of the licensings of the configuration. And what I feel often is that if somebody is super experienced on something, that they are maybe unable to give themselves a permission to be a novice again on something else. And and I've been I've been learning that myself that Yes, I've been working in IT for ages. I should know this. Yeah, but I don't. So let me go to Microsoft Learn, find the level 100 basics of the basics on something. And I can fast forward that true. But at least then I have a grasp of the basics now and I can build on top of that. Yeah, I think that's a good foundation to have uh, coming back to the soft skill and mindset is don't like just because you've been working a long time in the field and in, in, in this field, like I, we have. I have two decades of experience in, in IT and you have even more, I think. It doesn't mean that you know everything and things change. Every year there's a ton of new things you need to understand. New laws, new regulations, new services, new attack vectors, new threats, uh, new defense capabilities. So uh, specifically for security, you're never finished. So it might seem like, wow, this is an uphill battle, but that uphill is continuous, right? Wherever you stand on that hill, it's just going to continue to be an uphill battle because security never finishes. And, and that's something to think about. Uh, but it's the same really with everything in IT. You're never finished learning. And I think being humble about that, like I know a lot of stuff, but I have no idea about this. Being humble about that, saying I'm the dumbest person in the room at the, at the moment. I need to go here. I need to learn more. That is the core strength that will get you further in the career. Not saying, hey, I've got 20 years of experience. And therefore, I know everything because that's not going to get you anywhere. So I think that is something to be very mindful of. But at the same time, it's pretty self-explanatory as well. 
uh, be pragmatic uh, when you stumble on something that you're not as experienced on, tackle it. Like, uh, I know we went on Twitter. Sometimes I, I failed an exam. I went on Twitter, say, hey, I failed this exam. And most people reached out to, hey, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Because they were looking up to me and mentioned that I, I didn't think you could ever fail a, an exam in this area. I'm like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I need to study. I need to learn. And showing that it's okay to learn is a good way to lead as well. So I think that's a, it's a healthy mindset. Um, so yeah, I just came back to the soft skills a little bit there, but I, I think that's important because I see that a lot, that there's there's an arrogance uh, flowing through the community every now and then where you're supposed to know everything. And let me be the first to say, I don't know everything and I don't even know closely remote to everything. I will never do that. I know what I need to know in the role I'm doing just now. And whenever I shift focus, I'm gonna have to learn again. And that's just how it is. Uh, and that's, that goes for everyone. So coming back to like Microsoft Learn as a platform, uh, there's also Plural site, which has some good uh, kind of security focused courses. And of course you can find books, you can find white papers and stuff like that. There's plenty of eBooks and also hard copy books uh, for Azure security. Um, but yeah, when it comes to study material, I, I agree. Microsoft Learn, the, the training platform there is great. You can just go through each module. It's going to give you, um, you know, the, the high level, what you need to understand. Whenever you need to dive deeper, you have the docs uh, as a support to that. The other thing is certifications. And I know there are some Azure specific certifications. Uh, that's pretty good. And I, I know we both took uh, several of those, but there's also certifications outside of Azure that I just want to touch on. And that's the CompTIA Security Plus. And that's kind of basic security principles and, and that's applicable across platforms. So like cloud agnostic, it's not Azure certifications. It's not Google Cloud, it's not Amazon. It's uh, it's a general kind of applicable across all the different platforms. So CompTIA Security Plus might be interesting to take a look at. You also have the CISSP, the Certified Information System Security Professional which is more kind of advanced vendor neutral, again, security certification. So again, across platforms and that covers security in a broader aspect, but adds kind of weight when combined with Azure specific certifications. Um, so those things are important to understand that they exist. It might be very beneficial to study for and achieve those exams, because again, no matter what company you work with or what technology you use, those are gonna be relevant certifications for you in security. But then there's a bunch of um, Azure specific certifications as well, right? Yep, yeah, there sure are. And they're useful for sure, but a certification alone doesn't guarantee that you know about everything related to that one or that you would be an asset in a project. So SC900, the fundamentals, yes, it's fun, but it's what, 20, 25 questions. It takes you 10 minutes to complete. So I wouldn't hold the, any of the fundamentals as something that, that would prove anything beyond, well, you took the effort. Azure Security Engineer, the AZ500, I think we did an episode on that maybe a couple of years ago. Super useful, super uh, sort of laser focused on all things Azure. But it's, again, it's something you complete, then you sort of forget that you even did it because it enhances some of the knowledge that you were lacking on certain aspects and then it tells you that you knew enough about whatever other aspects of that exam 
and the SC100, the Microsoft Cybersecurity Architect, that's that's sort of the top level one. But at the same time, that's a very high level one as well. It doesn't go into deep details. It's more of a broad exam that asks you about opinions and reflections. So what do you think should we use this or that? And that definitely helps in having that sort of understanding, but you also need to have the hands-on understanding on those. So whenever a new security-related Microsoft exam shows up, I, I will definitely go and do it just to understand where Microsoft is headed with those. But I never mention any of these to any customers or if I'm sending an offer for a company to work with, I don't say, yes, I did SC100 because most companies are like, we don't really care. <laughs> we, we care about the daily rates and the skill sets and the capabilities that you have. But something you have on paper doesn't really translate directly to something like this. It helps, yes, but that's not the deciding factor here. Yep. Makes sense. Alrighty. Alrighty. I think we are up for the unexpected unexpected question. I, I think we could do two more hours of this and maybe we'll we'll revisit uh some of these topics and definitely send us feedback if you have any thoughts on any of these, or if you'd like us to sort of dive deeper into, into any given topics here, you can find the feedback link on the show notes as well. Uh, the last bit, the unexpected question, and Toby, I will be asking you, are you ready? All right, let's go. Back when we had COVID, which feels like 20 years ago, we sort of had like monthly virtual coffee calls with friends around Europe. We both joined, we had different groups of friends, and we had like on a Friday, one hour, no agenda, let's drink coffee and catch up. But that feels super distant now. And I would feel awkward in sending something like this, this to 10 friends. Hey, let's do coffee. And everybody goes like, why? So any thoughts <laughs> on this? Uh, the good old days of virtual coffee calls. Um, you know, when your biggest fear was accidentally turning on the camera when still in the pajamas or worse, realizing you've been on mute for the last five minutes when delivering what you thought wasn't. <laughs> Oscar-worthy monologue about your sourdough starter that you set the day before because you're now baking bread. Um, yeah, 2020, uh, when you're on mute, was the you've got spinach in your teeth uh, of the digital age. So, um, you know, now everything is so IRL, like everyone is meeting in person again. So people actually expect you to put on pants, navigate through the thing called outside and remember how to sip a cup of coffee without a mute button and uh, to save you from those awkward slurping noises. So tough times now indeed. Um, but I, I do miss the the times of our virtual coffee calls because that was not great just because it was COVID and everyone is, uh, was at home, but also great because the people joining our coffee calls were international friends of ours. So we had a group of people from many different countries joining. So we could still do that. So that just gave me the idea that we should probably set up another coffee call because we meet every now and then at a conference here and there. But in between, it might be nice to uh, to just have a random chat um, in Teams so you can go off camera and on mute and sit in the pajamas. <laughs> yeah, I fully agree on that. We should maybe do a coffee call. And I'm thinking, could we do a coffee call with a group of friends and just hit record and do an episode? I think it might be tough for somebody to follow up because we would have 10 people talking all over each other with no agenda. So I'm not sure if that would be too fun, but for us, it would be fun. Alrighty, thanks for joining us. See you next week. See you then.